Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Ladies and gents, you are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here on this Monday, May 10th, 2021. The Knicks are one day removed from a huge win against the LA Clippers um, on the road. And we're here to talk about it and, you know, what's whatever else is going on with the Knicks. Uh, how you doing, man? How you feeling? Feeling good, man. I'm feeling like I woke up this morning and our team is like, fourth seed in the east i mean i don't know how else anybody else could live when your team is like not even really at least the fourth seed right. what kind of poverty shit is that bro like, <laughs> couldn't imagine couldn't yeah. imagine such struggle but uh how you doing i'm all right like i was thinking recently how we've been doing this podcast for like three years now and we're so used to the nonsense and the bullshit we'd have to deal with and this would be our own like form of therapy and we just try to make jokes out of it all through dark humor and just try to get past the whatever <laughs> like dumbassery we we'd experience and this is this is new like the the, the, ex- yeah. the experience of Nick's winning like we can't we can't make jokes about it anymore it's like it's like Ricky Bobby you saw the movie <laughs> Will Ferrell I, like, I don't know what to do with my hands yeah right <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I remember we had Legion and Nick's on. Shout out to a fellow NBK fam. Yep, he was just yep. like, we asked him, like, yo, what's your take on Nickish? He's just like, you guys are very jaded. It's like you try to be professional, but, like, you guys have seen some shit. I was like, yeah, well, you Nick's fans. And, like, now it's, like, two jaded motherfuckers not knowing how to really, like, like, our last episode, if you hear it back, it's, like, there's barely any, like, tactical basketball talk. It's just, I was just, like, filled with joy. <laughs> like, it's our second podcast in, like, a two-month period, and we're just like, yo, man, things are happy. Flowers. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's raining, <laughs> like, s'mores or whatever the fuck. <laughs> right. And it's, like, after all the, like, after all this time of, of all the shit that we've been going through the past year, the Knicks being a fourth seed team heading into the playoffs is not something I ever expected. Like it's a form of euphoria that hasn't been experienced as a Knicks fan in eight years, and maybe even longer. Like I was looking back every once in a while, I look back at the Jeremy Lin highlights. I, I'm sure you do too, just to just to get get that experience again on how crazy it was and what the Garden could be like, and that that form of euphoria that you get. And I know earlier in the season when the Knicks were winning games, we were all you know, looking at it through cautious optimism. And I still am to an extent looking at the cautious optimism, but at this point, you know, there's no doubt about it. Like we got a legit squad. We got a legit team organization top to bottom, maybe not all at the top, but um, you know, Dolan hasn't been that annoying. You know, he hasn't really done yeah, anything. He's, he's been, he's drawing the Rangers. I don't know. Right. Yeah. 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 I got nothing to do with us. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, Side note, though, I mean, I don't really be watching Lynn highlights like that. I just more so go back to the 2012, 2013. But, hey, different strokes from different folks. But to your larger point, I mean, yeah, bro. I mean, shit, we're like, we're literally, I think what gets, like, we're happy now. But the one thing that's really annoyed me, just like the few times I can actually pop in or pop on, like, Twitter to just see what the the talk is, is this folks saying, like, oh, why are these Knicks fans so hyped? Like, they're just going to, like, not even make it past the second round. I was like, do you understand what you're saying right now? Literally, the, like, six months prior, we're slated to be the worst team in the league. You got Knicks fans out here trying to sell, like, like Julius Randle off for 99 cents. You know hmm. what I mean? Like, 
and now we're fourth seed, and you're telling us, like, yo, we can't be happy about that? Get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, I feel like we touched on this last episode, but it needs to be, like, emphasized, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's fans and analysts alike. Uh, there's so many videos coming out on a daily basis from ESPN um, with, with NBA analysts talking about what they think about the Knicks, and they're like, yeah, good job, but you guys aren't going to win a championship. And it's like, no Knicks fan actually genuinely believes that they're actually they're gonna win the title this season like we're, we're reasonable people we expected we were told that we're probably gonna win 25 games and here you go like four games left and the Knicks have already won 38 games um and nobody expected it and the Knicks are a, the probably the biggest success of the season so far you know so uh, I'm with you on that yeah and it's just like I mean, I don't know. The list of receipts that are like just can can be like exposed. It, it happens daily on Twitter, and I love it. It's like it, hell hath no like hell hath no fury like a Knicks fan that like has mm-hmm. is like, that's a, like a scorned Knicks fan. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think I butchered that saying, but like you get the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just <laughs> like like what did people expect? Like you go back to our old episodes when we thought we was getting KD and Kyrie. I kept talking about like yeah, we going on a shit talking world tour. This is a like this is exactly what I said would happen. We get good again anytime soon. We are gonna come at motherfuckers, mm-hmm. and like we have a team right now that kind of represents exactly like the ferocity that are Knicks like are all Knicks fans that are like attacking these like doubters with. You know what I mean? Like trying to to kind of pivot to the to the Clippers game, which is yo. Know, I don't know about you, but I was like probably like my favorite win of the season. Mm-hmm. But just in terms of ferocity and the tenacity on defense, like yo. Shout out to RJ, bro. Like, deadass, he, he locked up Kawhi fucking Leonard. And, like, people would think I'm exaggerating. You know, check the box score and just go back and run the tape. Like, it's like RJ himself, like, remember that first game where Kawhi would body him up and, like, you know, just take advantage of him as, as Kawhi would. And he learned from it like a fucking cyborg and came back. He's like, nah, that's not going to happen this time. Mm-hmm. Within the same season, we're not talking about like RJ. Like last year, he remembered a meeting with Kawhi. This happened the same season. He came back and Kawhi didn't have a good game, you know. And that's like RJ was primarily on him. I mean, Bullock was there too. Yo, shout out to Bullock oh. too. You know what I mean? Oof. But what a, what a tur- what a turnaround, bro! Like I never was really hating on Bullock like that. You know what I mean? I was just like people hated on him too much, like because I don't know, like they thought, like because honestly, it's because like his his role is not that or his role and usage at that time did not match what his talent is except now it's like he's a fucking flamethrower so like i don't know what the fuck i was talking about back then (laughs) you know what i mean but he's always been solid and it's just like you get a you get a squad full of solid dudes that all have like like that buy into what the coach is selling you know what i mean and revolve around a hyper talented like julius randall that's finally living up to his potential Mm -hmm. bro i mean What's your take on the Clippers game? Because like my biggest thing I just said was just like RJ and his matchup with Kawhi, but like how how awesome was it to see Julius Randle hit back to back clutch shots? What was the last time we've seen a player been been able to really do that? Like we we had we've had a lot of great games this season. We've seen Derrick Rose make some awesome plays. We've seen RJ come in clutch. Facts. But you know with Randle with in, with the ball in his hands. I felt a little bit of hesitancy. I wasn't sure if he was ready for it. I saw PG on him. I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, PG's a great defender. You know, say what you want to say at at the end of the season, how PG plays. At the end of the day, he's an elite defender, and he played him. Like, Julius Randle got him on the same, almost the same exact shot, got a a step back on him uh, at the top of the key almost. And, like, 
seeing that happen back to back against the Clippers was amazing. I think I think Tibbs' coaching on this was also amazing. I think between Taj and Noel, uh, I think more people would prefer Noel, but uh, Tibbs went more so with Taj in this game to try to keep up with the small ball kind of game that the Clippers are going at. And uh, obviously RJ and D Rose, bruh. D Rose. Bro. I can just I can find the stats if I want to right now, but I just from the eye test, you don't need it. What was he nine for ten in the first half? Easy. He started off nine for ten. You know what I mean? And just like I feel like in a larger kind of like 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 taking a step back, not just this game, but just generally like D Rose since he got back to the team this year, it almost it pretty much erases like the bad taste that he left when mm-hmm. in twenty sixteen. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's probably been said by Mad Nick's podcast all over, but like back in 2016 when we got him, he was just like D Rose trying to reclaim what he used to be. This time, he's D Rose, the vet that he's much more savvy as a player. He's got a better jump shot, and he knows when to turn it on, when not to. You know what I mean? Like it was obvious Julius like offensively wasn't there. Like Clippers was overloading him, like treating him like basically like he was LeBron. You know what I mean? Like anytime he had the ball. It was at least two, three bodies, like, within his vicinity. You know what I mean? Making sure he couldn't, like, do what he wanted to do. And D-Rose saw that, and he took advantage. He went out there and cooked because we needed those buckets. You know what I mean? And that's just, it's just amazing, bro. Like, it's something about both D-Rose. And you mentioned Taj. Like, I don't know what kind of, like, like voodoo magic Tibbs got with those dudes. But it's just, <laughs> like, anytime those guys are away, <laughs> away from, like, Tibbs, they don't play as good. You know? Like, I remember Taj was on Minnesota. He was looking like his old self. Then he got traded to OKC, and he started looking washed. Last year, he looked kind of washed. This year, it's like you rewinded the clock back to 2009, bro. Like, I don't know. It's just we can sing Tibbs' praises. Like, obviously, he right. he deserves it. But damn, man. Like, yeah. you're right. D-Rose and was a monster. In 2016, we saw him trying to be more athletic, trying to handle the ball a lot more, and trying to take shots. And it seemed like at points he was trying to take shots away from KP. Uh, when KP yeah. was in his like second season, and but this time D Rose is playing a little different. I this might be gassing him a little bit, but I think he's he could be considered a master at his craft at this point. For what he does, he does it extremely, extremely well. Nine for ten is no joke. He knows exactly how he can score the ball, and he does it very efficiently. And he added that three point shot in his game. He, he has a reliable jumper now. And he got yeah. he can crash boards, he can get his assists, and he can get everyone else involved. He's a he's a bona fide leader right now. I'm sure there's that clip that keeps going on in that Clippers game where he's really yelling, not yelling, but he's trying to bring energy to his guys while they're in a timeout. And like at this point, he's he's in a new stage of his career, but he's a master at what he's doing. You know what I mean? For sure, because I almost feel like whatever athleticism he may have lost, he's making up for it with that savvy, like aforementioned savvy, and like. Just the fact that he, like, whatever athleticism he has left, he's going to take advantage of it. And with the jumper, it's like you could see on his drives to the rim. It's like he's got the elite handles. He got that mm-hmm. stop and start go, like that herky-jerky shit that, that like, you can only really get. Yeah, exactly. You can really only get, like, that consistent kind of, like, like you know what I mean? Like, that consistent kind of dribble and, like, t- takes the rim after years of, like, actually playing the game. You know what I mean? Like... We talked about how, like, the effect of what having, like, a, a vet like Chris Paul would do. And, obviously, he would be a game changer as well. You see what he's doing in Phoenix. But yep. D-Rose is kind of, like, bringing that same effect that we thought Chris Paul would bring. You know? And he's doing it off mm-hmm. the bench, obviously. But you can't really complain about his tenure this year. And the very fact... I'm going to keep going back to it. DSJ and a second-round pick. <laughs> like, like, bro, <laughs> DSJ and a second-round pick. Like, 
He has a one-year 7.4 mil contract, I think. D-Rose. Good Lord. Yeah, I hope he res- yeah, he's definitely resigning. I mean, him and Taj are back next season. And really, when you look at this squad, I mean, we're going to go back to the Clippers game. But real quick, it's just like the one stain on the squad right now is just Alfred Payton. And I'm like, I'm kind of way past this shitting on him because I feel, <laughs> I feel like before we went on our hiatus, hiatus, it was there's enough of that for me. But... Really, when you if you were to replace Alfred Payton with like a high level starting point guard, and you kind of bring back the main rotation of this year, things are looking nice next season, bro. And then you got like a, a better twenty twenty two free agent class that we can probably like lure somebody. I like that Lowry pick, nice, man. Bro. I like that Lowry fit right there, bro. If that happens, I mean, I feel like Philly's gonna be going hard after him, but like Kyle Lowry as a starting point guard with Julius Randle, RJ in year three. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. My bad. I'm just looking at. I'm just really looking at the box score right now for for D Rose again. Twenty five, eight, and six. Good lord. Eleven of seventeen. Bro. <laughs> and yeah, shout out to uh, real quick. Shout out to Andrew yeah. Claudio. He was like me in 2017. Derrick Rose has the weirdest stance. What the fuck? Me in 2021. <laughs> I would die for this man. <laughs> I feel you, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so right now it looks like. I mean, if you any more comments on the actual game. Uh, we we talked. Oh, Kawhi nine of twenty six. I don't know how many of those possessions RJ was on him, but it was a lot. Most, um, most yeah, because it's like if RJ and like and Bullock are like our designated wing defenders, and Burks wasn't out there because he was obviously out. Yo, that's that's pretty much mostly RJ, bro. Like people are sleeping on how good he is defensively this season. Like he may not look elite just because he kind of looks kind of awkward out there just because of the lack of athleticism, but he know positionally he knows where to be and he knows how to use his fucking strengths. You know what I mean? He's, he got grown man strength at 20 years old, you know what I mean? And he's you saw it against Kawhi. It was actually kind of frustrating Kawhi at certain moments. You know, like and Kawhi's not one to get frustrated like that and you even say, yo, real talk, Julius Randle needs to get some shout out, like some love for his defense too, because there were some possessions where he got switched on to Kawhi, and Kawhi couldn't do nothing with him, yeah. you know? And on the flip side, like to go back to Julius at the end of the game, I think Tibbs in the, in the post game presser, because like Mark Berman was just like, oh, Julius had a bad game, and Tibbs actually cut him off. He was just like, nah, what are you talking about? He's just, hmm. he, 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 didn't have, he had a bad scoring game. Shut the he fuck had a up, great Mark. game overall. You know what I mean? Basically, like, <laughs> because he rebounded his ass off he defended his ass off he made the right plays and then in in crunch time he got the buckets we needed bro like that was two back-to-back jumpers it was both against pg right like that's an elite no, two-way one, defender. the sec the second one was pg the first one i forgot who it was but it wasn't pg i'm a, in my mind it was pg just for the just for the narrative you know what i mean so like, <laughs> Might have been, but i feel like it's batum who, who also isn't a bad defender in his own right yeah, but good, anyway, good it was at team, least man. at least one was PG. The the last one was PG. That's that's the one that matters. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But regardless, that's like a fucking all NBA defender. And like last year, if I were to say that sentence, like, yo, in crunch time, we're gonna beat the Clippers with Julius Randle making a shot over PG. <laughs> that that's some good LSD you taking, bro. Let's <laughs> let's stick to Randle. Let me ask you a question. Because you know, I feel like we obviously underrated the hell out of Randall before the season started, and we continue to. But seeing how he's been playing now, and he's only, I don't know when this guy's birthday is. I feel like we've been saying 26 for two years now. But <laughs> he's obviously he's nice like entering his prime or is in the middle of, or, you know, starting to get into his prime. Uh, is Randall a Batman? On Is he capable, is he capable of being a Batman on the team? 
the guy on a title contending team? And if not, you know, what's what what does he not have that the other clear Batmans, the, the Joel Embiid's, the Giannis's, the the ADs, LeBron's have that he doesn't? I think generally just like being able to get into the teeth of defense consistently, you know, because like be honest with you, Julius is like a playmaking like perimeter player this season. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And yeah, he'll have some like bulldozing takes to the rim, but he's not like like as a LeBron would do, gets to the rim whenever he wants. You know what I mean? I think that's part of it. I think part of it is also just like I mean, that's a good question, but I don't think he's a Batman, really. I think he's, like, a, a like if he stays on his development track, if this is just, like, year one of a metamorphosis, then who's to say? But I'm thinking he's a great, like, number two, and we just need that number one. But, he, like, I don't think we're going to get that number one this, this offseason. All we need, really, is just, like, a, another good player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. as like as simple as that is to say, just somebody that you could plug in at, at the point guard. I don't know if it's Lonzo because like I'm I'm kind of souring on like the prospect of him because he hasn't been playing well. Like mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen like his numbers do not look pretty. But yeah. Lonzo, I mean even like a ch like like Jenna Schroeder, I don't, I don't know if he's gonna come cheap. He's probably gonna demand big money. But if, he, if we could get him for like two years, a team option, I would do that just because he's not Alfred Payton. That's a big right. plus to me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, to your point, I mean, let me flip it on you. Would do you, like I feel like you think he he is like on track to be that Batman kind of level player or I yeah, I feel like it's my own natural bias from the last 2 years of having him where I'm always a little reluctant to give him too much of of that potential, you know? And it's it's unfair to him. And when I see his game, a guy who can shoot basically 40% now, who has an excellent passing game. Like he's always down a drive and then Hit hit the corners with either Bullock or RJ who are wide open. He has he has a lot of nice passes like that, and he's big enough to be able to drive in on guys the way LeBron has done in the past, and that could be the next part of his game that he works on. Is this a homer take? I don't think so. I think at this point it would be fair to give him that kind of potential to be a a player who could be the Batman of the team. As long as his second and third guys, which at this point is RJ and hopefully a star point guard, are good enough to be the Robins for him to feed. If you want a homer take, I'm thinking like RJ is like the eventual Batman of the team, bro. Just, I mean, I've always been high on RJ and just this year, even I didn't expect this. And like, kind of the, like just that kind of conversation we just had about his defense of Kawhi and like really kind of in a snapshot, he went from earlier in the season for from Kawhi bullying him to this to this game, like him taking on the challenge and giving and like making sure Kawhi had a bad game. And that's literally only in like a span of a couple months, if not like a month and a half or some shit. I don't remember. Like this the season's like it's the season's been amazing, but it's also kind of been a blur. Mm -hmm. But really when you think about it, with his work ethic, his kind of demeanor and just the work like and just kind of what he's already shown on the court, I think eventually maybe by the end of his rookie contract he might be looking like that kind of Batman 1A, 1B kind of player, you know? At least that's my take. I mean, that might be a homer take, but, bro, what he's doing at 20 years old right now, and I think I saw his field goal percentage, like, what, 38%, but, like, his, he's finally at 40% from three. Mm -hmm. And I think he's he's only going to get better as a finisher because he knows what his weaknesses are. I saw an article, or I forgot who it was. I think it may have been a Berman of the Post. That's a great article. But I know what you're talking about. I also don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I also was, don't know who wrote it. Yeah, I, th <laughs> I think it was Drew Hanlon and RJ that both said they're targeting like off the dribble, uh, uh, three point shooting this season, and I think finishing. 
like yeah. finishing at the rim. So he knows exactly what parts of his game he needs to work on piece by piece. And you love to see it, bro. You literally love to see it. It's, he's like a young player that knows exactly like what to add on. You know how like previously before RJ, like with Knox, let me use him as an example. Every, I feel like every like two straight years, we were just like, yo, what does Knox need to get better at? Literally everything. Everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> with RJ, it's just like, oh, okay, like, just going into this offseason, I felt like he needs to improve his shooting to start because I feel like you could see he had a little bit of everything there. You know what I mean? He was like an all-around player that he may not have been good or great at one thing, but you could see, like, kind of like the beginning stages of those skill sets. You know what I mean? And now you're seeing it this season. So, I mean, that's a whole rant to say that, like, I think RJ might be that Batman. Maybe IQ. Shit, bro. Like, I don't know. IQ, Batman? Hey, why not? <laughs> I saw an article on The Ringer that, um... <clears throat> It was, like, statistical profiles of, like, these rookies and kind of projecting it out compared mm. to other rookie seasons. Mm-hmm. They compared IQ to Donald Mitchell. And we've seen Donald Mitchell can be considered a Batman on Utah, right? So, I mean, his they were saying his IQ's rookie season to this point is exactly like what, like, production-wise, what Donald Mitchell's was. So, if we got like, if we got Donald Mitchell on IQ, like, shit, bro. Like, would we need one Batman if we could have, like, like two fucking, I don't know, Robins? Nightwings? Mm. Batman Beyond. Yeah, that's not bad. You like that show? That was a dope oh, show. That was a dope show, man. I wish they didn't cancel man, it. Dope. <laughs> or they at least brought it back. That show's from like 2000. Yeah, things on HBO Max now, though. I might check it out. Oh, work. Got a weird urge right now. <laughs> the, uh, I remember the theme song, sort of. It was cool, though. It was definitely. Big fire. It, was, yeah. it definitely didn't seem like it was a show for like seven year olds, though. There was a. It was a wholly random, but it was some traumatizing episodes, if I remember correctly. I was, I was like nine fuck. years old. I was like, I could have. Yeah, I, I was like, I should not be watching this. I'm sure they showed someone die. Many times, bro. <laughs> it was like a whole fucking episode where like fucking teenagers love taking like uh, like fucking injecting themselves with like animal DNA to look like animals, and then at the end, this one guy took like eight of them and he turned into an ugly ass monster and it fucking terrified little ass me, bro. I don't know, man. Anyway, <laughs> um. Looking at the playoff standings now to kind of shift gears, <clears throat> let me ask you, who do you want in the first round? Miami or Atlanta? Atlanta. Easy. Easy, right? Easy. Because Miami scares me, bro. Right. Like, They're, the Knicks, fun fact, the Knicks have beaten every team in the NBA except for five teams, including the Spurs, who they have one more game against in the next four games, so they still have a chance to beat them. But those four teams are Phoenix, Denver, both of those were recent. Philly and Miami. Mm. So, no, I, I would I would want to avoid uh, Miami in the first round. Think about Atlanta though. Nate McMillan got them playing real nice, and they just got excuse me, they just got DeAndre Hunter back. Mm. And I, I I mean I didn't see him play, but like I saw some basketball writers say, yo, it's kind of crazy that DeAndre Hunter came back and looked exactly like how he looked right before he left, and he was having a good season before he got hurt. He's a big part. You know what I mean he's literally like. Low key, like we clown him because he can't. He came. He got picked after like RJ, and he's like four years older. But he's he fills all the weaknesses that Trey Young has. He plays defense. <laughs> he <laughs> rebounds. He fucking is versatile. You know what I mean? He's not just a little ass point guard that you only need to play at point guard. He plays multiple positions. But he's back, and I don't know. Atlanta is looking. I don't want to say scary, but they're looking formidable. And no, formidable for sure. But the Miami Heat are the Eastern Conference champions from last season. What a wild sentence, bro. Right. <laughs> You're right. right, though. It's factual, but goddamn. Um, 
I don't know. I just feel like Miami's best players, like Bam and Jimmy, they match up with our best players, and it's tough. You know what I mean? Like, you got Bam on Randall. You got uh, Jimmy on RJ. I mean, we just seen what RJ did with Kawhi, but I don't know, seven games of that? I think that might be a, a knockout kind of series. Like, it's going to be rough. Like, it might be like the 90s Miami versus New York kind of series, which right. I would fuck with, but I would rather face Atlanta, obviously. Right, and, you know, the Knicks we know play extremely hard every game which is why we love them but not every other team plays that hard in the regular season they sometimes they take a step back or they might you know not put in their best foot forward or not play their maximum defensive level but but come playoff time everybody's playing gonna play with the level of intensity that the Knicks play on a regular basis so it's a matter of would you have playoff Jimmy or playoff Trey you know we don't really have much of that so yeah, I, I would. Ever been a playoff I I don't <laughs> think so either. So I I would rather try to avoid playoff Jimmy man. That, that guy that guy scares me. Facts and yeah, I mean that's a good point because I remember one of the kind of um, knocks on Tibbs was like like to your exact point he he gets guys to play hard all throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs, even though he does have kind of a decent playoff record, some people were just saying that like if every other if, if every team is playing hard, that takes away one of the distinct advantages mm-hmm. that a Tibbs team would have, but. I still think that, like, you look at the Eastern Conference standings, I don't think any of them want to play us just because we fucking, we some, Marcus Morris right here, but we some dogs out there on defense, bro. Like, it's fucking annoying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like those try-hard kids you play ball with at the park. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. get the fuck off me. Like, yo, we don't get paid for this. But, like, they actually get paid for it in the NBA, and we play, that's how they're playing defense, yeah. bro. <laughs> Would you want what? Where is Brooklyn at right now? I haven't looked at the standings like that. In they, a uh, I think they're second. Yeah, no, they're definitely okay, second. Okay, so we probably play them if we do make it to the second round. We probably probably play them then. Right. The thing is that there's still a chance that the Knicks could end on the sixth seed, and if they do, we're we're gonna go up against the Bucks. Oh no! I mean, shit. That's Bucks are different this year. I can't. I mean, I was shitting on Budenholzer before the season, but like, I was kind of like. Reading, reading about them and also just like catching them on national TV. Obviously, they're kind of a different team. They got mostly the same cast plus Drew Holiday, but they're Budenholz is actually adjusting, bro. It blew my mind. Oh, <laughs> you know, he's not just he's not just playing his regular schemes out there. They switching. They fucking running some like Giannis at the five shit. Of the, the fuck. I don't know, bro. It's different out there. So I wouldn't want them in the first round. Nah. I mean, if we take care of business, though, I think we good. You know, like. Because what's our schedule looking like if you got that pulled up, like, the next, to close out the season, really? Because we're, like, what, six games left? I think there are four. And May 22nd, I know, is the date uh, the playoffs start. I see this in the in the NBA playoffs commercial because I don't see the Knicks, man. I see John Collins, but I don't see any Knicks players. <laughs> <laughs> John Collins. He'll want to be Julius Randle. He wishes... <laughs> Real quick though, aside from AD, is there any other power forward out there you would take over Julius? You got you kind of got to think about it, right? It's crazy. What what position would you say Giannis plays? Small. Nah, he's no, 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 that's that's yeah. Middleton. So he's power. Nah, that's definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely okay. Besides Giannis and AD, um, what power forward would you take over like uh, Randall? It's tough, right? It's, it's crazy. Tough. Yeah. I'm like going through my head of all the top teams. Not many. 
That's crazy. Right? <laughs> what a season, bro. Oh, KD. <laughs> KD. I mean, isn't he, I think he hates him. He hates being referred to as a power forward, though. He likes being called a small forward. You know what I mean? All right. It's like how Kevin Garnett never wanted to be called a center, even though his big ass is fucking 7'1". Mm-hmm. Like, get your ass in the paint, bro. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm still thinking. Yo, Boston is such a clusterfuck. I mean, this is great content when you're like scrolling and uh, <laughs> looking for <laughs> shit to talk about. But real, take a, real quick, if we want to pivot to the NBA, like, what do you think of Boston, bro? You think Brad Stevens is out of here Yo. this offseason? Before Brad Stevens, man, I feel really bad for Jalen Brown. Did you you saw the news, right? Yeah, he's out for the season. He's out right? for the yeah. season, man. Is it a fractured foot? What is it? Uh, I don't even remember. So, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't sound that serious, know. but he he has surgery for it, or he's having surgery for it later this week. So I mean, he's been oh, killing this exactly. this season. I like Jalen Brown the person. You know, as a Knicks fan, I'm kind of happy that Boston is gonna not have one of their top players playing. Um, but you know, I, I would like to see Jalen Brown come back and, and kill it, because um, he kind of reminds me. Of, ligament. Yeah, like we we would hope yeah. that R.J. Barrett you know becomes like a Jalen Brown next season. Um, but Brad Brad Stevens is probably going to be on the hot seat. Um, a lot of people, I saw his tweet yesterday, and you, you probably saw it too, and maybe that's why you're asking. Um, the nonchalantness that he shows as a coach. And they showed him in comparison to like Doc Rivers and Thibodeau as nah, as coaches. I didn't see that. Who, no, who is this? I don't. I don't even. I don't even remember. I just saw it. Um, and it's. I don't even think it's that big a deal because Brad Stevens, I think, is a killer coach. I think he's he's been like a beast for for a long time now as the Boston's head coach. But you know, he might be in the hot seat if they can't make it past. Well, at this point, without Jalen Brown, I don't. I don't know what their expectations are now. I think they're. They're trying to push for at least the Eastern Conference Finals, but without their second best player, I don't. I don't even know what they expect anymore. So, yeah. I mean, Tatum. It seems like he definitely went up another level. He had sixty the other day, bro. Like, and that should look easy too. Like he was just like in an empty gym. This is like, pro. This is not pro. This is a post-COVID J uh, Tatum. Like yo, ever since this man started taking his inhaler, he's been killing it every game, bro. <laughs> Side note, they're, like to the fucking idiotic. If they're if you're still denying COVID out there, this man Jalen J- Jason Tatum is young as shit, an elite athlete, and even he said he was struggling after getting that shit. So like if you're like if you're out there and your fat ass is saying that like uh, you, you're not worried about COVID, then I don't know what the hell kind of delusion you you got, bro. Like I don't I don't know what that is. But back to basketball. <laughs> um, is that inhaler? I don't know, Tatum is different, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, inhaler Tatum just I saw. <laughs> I don't know who who it was, but I saw somebody throw out a comment that like, yeah, Tatum is nice, but it just looked like his all his moves just look like two uh, K eighteen animations. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's not like I kind of see it. It's not like fluid, but it just looks like oh, okay. I just like added the assigned these different kind of moves yep. to my creative player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, it works. Like shit. I mean, I don't know, bro. I, I think Brand Stevens is out of there. I just don't know who would. I mean, who would be a, a significant upgrade, though? Because I'm thinking about it, like, Kenny Payne? Nah, if that happens, I, I, no, I don't even know why I put her out there like that. Hell no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I put her out there like that. <laughs> Fuck you, Danny Ainge. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't think there's really a, a brand-name coach out there that we can definitively say is better than Brad Stevens. John Calipari. Would he jump at the chance to like go from 
Kentucky to Boston. I don't know why the hell we even entertain this. Fuck Boston. That's I don't, what, I don't think he ever would. Moral of the story here. I mean, you saw what LeBron was saying, though, since we're, like, talking about NBA headlines. He's just, like, bitching and moaning about the playing. Like, what kind of, what kind of, uh, you know, like, all respect to LeBron. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He's second best, at least, of all time. So I'm just coming from, like, the straight, like, uh, not, like, uh, definitely biased LeBron hater in me that's been in there for years now, a decade plus. But what kind of goat motherfucker is just, like, bitching and moaning about extra competition, bro? The fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just, <laughs> he, he fucking, did he talk, hey, he, he said it in, like, a press conference, and he tweeted about it, just whining, like, yo, shut up. <laughs> You're LeBron fucking James. And then, and then I saw somebody, like, I think he said that, like, oh, he had a high ankle sprain, and it's just going to affect his career for the rest of his life. Yo, sit your drama queen ass <laughs> down. <laughs> I Yo, saw go to Miami, get your regular dose of HGH, and just shut up. Like, <laughs> come on, LeBron. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I was fed up, and I'm just saying, I'm trying to respect you, but you make it hard. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's salty about it until they don't need to be in it anymore. Like, Mark Cuban has been radio silent about it since because the Mavs are, what, fifth seed now? But when it looked like they were going to be in the playing yeah, tournament, he was, he was bitching left and right about the playing tournament. I like it. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be mad fun. It's going to be cool to see the Lakers versus the Warriors and the winner of that facing off against, uh, shoot, I think the Suns or, or Utah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, remember a couple of years back, it was like Denver or Minnesota for like that one final playoff spot in the mm-hmm. West. It was like when Jimmy was still there. That was fun as shit. You know what I mean? Like, as a fan, it's entertaining. And as like, in terms of like looking at it from Adam Silver's perspective, like, yo, it addresses the tanking question. You know what I mean? Because like, less teams will want to tank if they know they have a shot at the playoffs. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. So, I don't know. I mean, LeBron is just like, he was one, the ironic part is he was one of the people that wanted to come back to play in the bubble, right? Obviously, for the money. Yeah. This is literally going to bring in the league more money. It's literally for more money and more eyeballs on the product. And he, that's going to be pocket change in lebron's pocket so i don't know i don't know he's it's not like he's hustling backwards bro it don't make no sense to me on multiple levels yeah because he you know i i would honestly i mean i wouldn't want to face steph curry right now either if i if i were anybody in this league that's also probably the most obvious reading of that honestly like the man <laughs> is, is like yeah he's in god mode right now he's i think he is 83 pointers away from ray allen's NBA record, and he did it in, I think, 600 less games. Damn, bro. I mean, it's going to be crazy when he sets the all-time record when he play for the Knicks next season. Right, it's gonna yeah. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're Steph, you're seeing what LaMelo's been doing all season, and then you see Wiseman on the bench in a suit, like, I would be tight. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, they could have had fucking Steph, and then, like, literally, it, people talked about, like, the Dave, like the David Robinson, Tim Duncan comparison, and how, like, David Robinson was the big man, Tim Duncan comes in as the big man. You had LaMelo as the point guard, you know what I mean? And Steph Curry's your point guard. That's the easy transition to make. They could play off each other, play together. I don't know what the fuck Golden State was thinking, bro. Like, to be I fair, I don't think Clay Thompson was injured at the time. I think they thought he was going to play the season, so they. I think they thought that Clay and Steph were going to start out the season. That's true, but it's also like we've seen it before. Though. Like Harden, like played off the bench for his first three years of his career. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you could also like in the kind of NBA that it is now, it's like everybody plays small. You could play Clay at the at small forward. In fact, I actually think like especially after his injuries, I think Clay's going to have to be a small forward because I don't think he's going to have like 
the quickness to be a two anymore like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's, he's got the height. He's like six seven. Like yeah, six, he's a good defender. He'll keep up with the smalls. Facts, yeah. And I mean, I don't know, bro. I just thought that was dumb. Like, if we're going all the way back to, uh, you know, preseason kind of like um, decisions and what have you, just Lamal should be a warrior right now. It don't make no sense. <laughs> and no shot at Wiseman because I think he's talented, but. Could you imagine them playing together? I'm, I think we was just robbed at basketball fans, bro. Like, LaMelo's passes to, like, Steph. You know what I mean? Like, Steph would have, like, 80 points. LaMelo would have 30 assists. Draymond would have six fouls and, like, three, like, curse words. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever he does nowadays. But then we're not going to hear any of the announcers, the Charlotte's announcers' calls then. What's Miles Bridges going to do then? He's, he, he got nothing at that point without the lobs. He's got his rap career. He's oh, that's true. surprisingly not bad. He's... Yeah, I don't know about you, bro. I know you're a Dame fan, but this man, Miles Bridges, just makes better music. Dwayne Bacon, of all people, is actually not bad as a rapper. Yeah? Have you heard? No. He's actually on some Miles Bridges tracks, and oh, I'm just shit. like, what the fuck? Speak a, <laughs> like, speaking of rappers and uh, professional basketball, J. Cole signed a deal with this with this team in Africa, and he's going to play in oh, wow. the... Shoot, I forgot which country it was, but he's gonna play three to six games professionally in their in their league, um, and he's doing it around the time of his album release. So it's actually a pretty great marketing tool, and he gets a chance to actually play professionally, which is something he's always wanted to do. Which is, I I, I think it's really dope. That, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like a completely kind of different example. It's like when CM Punk wanted to be an MMA fighter. I respected that just because like, yo, you in a position to actually like go ahead and try out one of your dreams. Go fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you saw fucking, was it Master P back in the 90s, the rapper. He actually played for the Raptors in the preseason. Yeah. That was fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we should see more of that cross fucking, like cross entertainment sports kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see, I don't know, what's, a, what's some crazy shit that could happen. I don't know. Mm. We we, we shouldn't be blanking out right now at this moment. <laughs> um, I mean, shit, you can see uh, fucking Patrick Mahomes playing baseball. I don't even fuck with baseball, but like the way he fucking throws the football, I bet you that man could throw a 135 mile hour fastball. I mean, LeBron like, LeBron dance. from a couple of years ago playing football would always have been dope. Yeah, I think he's still doing now, bro. Like he's just but that but that ankle sprain, man. That ankle sprain. He, oh, yeah, he can't do it no more. He can't run. Yeah. You were right, you were right. Shit, man. <laughs> oh, back to our next real quick. We signed the new Pablo Prigioni. Ah, no, I'm yep. kidding. He's, he's, yep. up. he's not Prigioni, but Luca Vildoza, 13.6 million. I think it's like three or four year deal. It's a four year like deal, that. and I think three of those are non guaranteed. That's crazy. Hey, <laughs> that's Brock Aller magic, bro. <laughs> I bet you he got real hard when like he tacked on three non-guaranteed years to the contract. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's my yeah. shit, Leon. <laughs> this is what I live for. <laughs> but um, uh, <laughs> that's a real shit. Though. I think you could like I'm, I mean obviously I'm no fucking international scout. We got a uh, you know the the draft express dudes to to cover that. But I'm just looking at his YouTube highlights. I think he could be at the very least a nice backup option like next season. I don't know if he'll actually get playing time in the playoffs, but I, I like what I see, bro. I think. What, what do you think of him? I mean, everybody that I've been seeing who really puts videos out of him are saying good things. Like, shout out to SK Perlman. Like, this guy was one of our go-to guys every year when when the draft season's coming up, and he puts in the work for it. And he had really good things to say about Luca. And um, for me, I know when the, when he signed on, I, I I hit you up. 
I see him as a Compazzo kind of guy from from Denver, and that guy mm. is a great passer, great energy guy, and you know Compazzo is like another Pablo Prigioni. And if you're new to the Knicks, Pablo Prigioni is the is one of the goats of, of the last decade <laughs> that played on the Knicks, um, Argentinian superstar who came in as like a 40 year old vet uh, to the Knicks, and he, you know, he really put up the whole picking up from uh, you know how many feet. We would have won the Indiana Pacers series if fucking Mike Woodson played him over Jason Kidd. I'll always fucking go down <laughs> to my very last breath thinking that. That and playing Copeland over Amari, because Amari was looking cooked that whole series. Where, yeah. I keep bringing it up. Frank Vogel himself was like, I was shocked they didn't play Copeland. We had no answer for him in the regular season. <laughs> you got Mike Woodson on the other end of the press conference. You know, the East is big, man. Shit. That's why we played Amari. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, congrats to Mike Woodson, though. He had a part in our season. You got the Indiana coaching job. Like, yep. I don't think we got a t- chance to touch on that, but that's kind of dope. You know what I mean? Like a homecoming? Mm-hmm. Um, I think to wrap this up, I was looking at some stats. I, you know, shout-out to Tommy Beer, man. This guy and the stats that he puts up on his Twitter account are always so interesting to see. Uh, I think just to wrap it up, I want to put out some stats that he, he tweeted after that Clippers win. Um, <clears throat> starting with... One about RJ. Over the last five weeks, dating back to April, 56 NBA players have attempted at least 100 three-pointers. Only one of those players is shooting above 48% from the three-point territory. That's one RJ Barrett. Damn. Yep. Next. Over the Knicks' past five games, D-Rose is averaging 21, 4, and 4.6 assists with under two turnovers while shooting over 64%. And holy fuck, over sixty three percent from the three and a hundred percent from the free throw line. This this guy's a shooter apparently now. He leads the whole team in total plus minus. Good lord, insane, bro. bro I mean, shout out to Tommy obviously, but good god, like some of these numbers just seem like fairy tale shit, bro. Like what a season. And I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but goddamn, what a season. Last but not least. The Staples Center opened October of 1999. The Knicks have never beaten both the Clippers and the Lakers in the Staples Center in the same season. And the Clippers have had a lot of horrible seasons, especially that that first decade of the new century. And the last time the Knicks beat both the Clippers and the Lakers in L.A. in the same season was 96-97, which was Kobe's rookie season. You hear fucking LeBron, he's picking our game as the one to come back. Right. Like, oh, okay. Like, he finally got over his bout of gangrene in his leg to come back and play the Knicks. The fuck out of here, bro. Like, <laughs> fucking drama queen. <laughs> he's like, of course he's going to pick us. And he's going to, like, he's going to try to savor the, like, like beating us, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, is that, that game's at Staples Center, right? It's not at the Garden? It should be at Staples, yeah. It's part of the West Coast gotcha. trip. Yeah, he's always always trying to be like a showman at the garden but last note before completely unrelated to the Knicks but last note like yo shout out to Russell Westbrook he made history mm. tonight oh yeah he got it um, yeah, there's a right triple now. double watch I thought the game hadn't gotten that far the, yet the, the career triple doubles Russell Westbrook 182 I mean this, I'm on Tommy Beer's page and I'm just seeing like man congrats Russ on the timeline so that's crazy yeah, I mean, I've never been the biggest Russ fan, but you can't deny history. Oh yeah, there you go. NBA said all-time triple double leader. They lost the game Crazy, by damn. Bro. They lost the game by one point too. <laughs> he, I wish, I wish I he mean, won that shit. game. The very fact that they turned their season around because they looked like hot garbage in the beginning of the season, bro. Like, 
and we was we was clowning Russ. I was talking about how washed he was and how dumb we, you and I were for like thinking we would uh, want him to trade for him. Good. Now he's looking like himself again. But good lord, man! Holy shit! Twenty eight points, twenty one assists, and thirteen rebounds. God damn. <laughs> I remember, like, when you would look at the Wilt Chamberlain and Oscar Robertson numbers in, like, the Wikipedia and shit, like, there's no way nobody could do that shit now. And Russ, <laughs> Russ just, like, broke that, man. Like, what the hell? He, he just woke <laughs> up one day in, in, like, March or February. He's like, yo, I'm going to start playing basketball again. I respect it. That's how I am with my job, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're not listening, though. That, that's definitely a joke. Don't Don't believe me. Anywho, we got uh, who we got next on the schedule? The Lakers, I think. All right, yeah, Lakers on Tuesday. Yeah, we just talked about it. But um, any thoughts on uh that embarrassing Nuggets game or the Suns game, or are we just trying to nah, just like not even bring those bad vibes? I feel nah, you. nah. CP3 did his thing. I respect it. Jokic is the man right now. I respect the it. The man's the MVP. Yep. Oh, MVP take. What do you what do you think? Jokic MVP? I think Jokic gotta get it. Got it. Like, I thought it was Embiid at the, at the start of the season, but he missed too many games, bro. Mm-hmm. LeBron, too. Like, there's, there's no really, nobody else in the conversation, but... I mean, besides Julius Randle, obviously. <laughs> but, you know. No Jamal Murray and his team only gets better because he decides to step up even more, making Michael Porter Jr. look like an all-star. Fuck that guy. Bro. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think, uh, if, unless you got anything else to, to mention, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, I mean, last thing is, I guess I back to be back, feel happy to be back talking next, bro. And mm-hmm. like, we actually, it's gonna take some getting used to, man. Like, we got playoff basketball. We have never recorded a podcast with a postseason, uh, never. with the postseason anywhere near the Knicks, bro. Like, that's <laughs> it's gonna be historic. <laughs> At this time, we would be talking about the next draft, like who <laughs> who we're looking forward to drafting, and what what the seat. Like, down to we'd be at tankathon.com. Exactly, or like fucking reading too much into reporters dropping ominous hints, ominous hints on the Twitter about free agent X. Mm-hmm. Good lord, what a bad time, rough times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, if you guys are listening to this episode, we appreciate it. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Please subscribe on all podcasting platforms. Give us a five-star review. It helps us out, and it would really do us a great big favor. Uh, We're going to bring back Nickish at night real soon, most likely in a week, maybe two. Uh, This week, obviously, is Eid, so those of you guys who are celebrating, Eid Mubarak to you all. And, um, you know, just a real quick prayer to uh, everyone in the Middle East, like, Gaza, oh, who's Lord. going through all the atrocity that that's that's been happening. I, I I can't eloquently speak to it, but there's there's clearly a lot of shit that's been going on over there, and um, Afghanistan too, Kabul. Like there's been bombs going on there by the Taliban. It's like shit is really picking up there, and it's horrible that yeah. at this time, at the end of Ramadan, where we're all just you know starting to get the Eid feels and all that. You know, so much like people are experiencing the complete opposite on the other side of the world. So. You know, just prayers up for them and um, just Lord, hoping, Lord. you know, more peace over there and things start to pick up and, you know, get better at some point soon. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got. What about you? You good? Um, yeah, I'm good. I mean, honestly, echo everything you said and, yeah, just be, be safe out there. Hope you all get your vaccine and eat no bar. Yep. Till next time. Peace. Peace.